to talk to you this morning. Now, you, before you leave, you might get one of these. And so these are free. You know, um, uh, it is a True Life Church Live Life on Purpose wristband. I uh, just started a series two weeks ago called Glow in the Dark. And these actually glow in the dark. And so it's pretty neat how they, how they do. I had it on my wrist uh, a couple weeks ago. And my wife walked in. She came to bed. And the room was dark. And she's like, what in the world? It was my wristband glowing. Usually it's my halo. But then I, it was a wristband. Yeah, I don't believe that. <laughs> anyway, you can get one of these. The ushers will give you one of these on the way out if you want one. Again, they're free, and uh, so we're glad you're here. We're, I want to talk about uh, today, we're going off that, not on the Glow in the Dark series, but so we're just talking about Easter because everything, like I said, goes back to the cross. This particular phrase is something that we hear all the time. I kind of grew up with that, and I mean, if you were even watching Home Alone, they're like, hey, have you ever lost a kid again? She goes, <laughs> knock on wood. So we're going to talk about knocking on wood, because in today's society, it's kind of a, a chance. Oh, I hope that doesn't happen to me. Knock on wood. You know that, and I want to go somewhere different than that, instead of just saying, you know, the reason we're here is because of the wood, because of what he did on the cross, because of Jesus. And so I want to start out with just a little bit of humor, so I want to start out with a joke. There's three sisters living together, a 96-year-old, a 94-year-old, and a 92-year-old. The 96 says, you know what? I'm tired. I'm going to go upstairs. I'm going to take a bath. She goes upstairs, runs her bath water, and then she yells down the steps, Hey! The 94-year-old says, What do you want? She says, Was I getting in the tub or getting out of the tub? I, I don't remember. And she says, Oh, you're kidding me. I'll be up to help you in a second. She starts her way up the steps. She gets halfway up, turns around to the 92-year-old and says, Am I going up the steps or am I coming down the steps? The 92-year-old says, You guys are ridiculous. I'm never going to be like you. Knock on wood. I'm going to help both y'all as soon as I find out who's at the door. All right. The enemy wants you to think that the cross isn't a big deal. He wants you to think that Easter is. Although, you know, I'm okay. I'm cool with Easter egg hunts. I'm, we, we let our kids sit on the rabbit and all that stuff. But they knew the real meaning of Easter. I'm, you know... We just celebrate life, but we want to know the true meaning of all that stuff. So I want you to understand, because of what the cross represents, you don't have to go through life knocking on wood. I hope this works. In the kingdom, if it's kingdom law, it works. It's just the fact. So the Bible's very clear. Because of what Jesus did on the cross, because of him taking care of all the things that we'd ever do wrong or have done wrong, there is only one way to heaven, and that's Christ. That's through Christ. That's through Jesus. He is the doorway to get there. Although I will say this, Jesus did beat up the enemy with a big stick. Meaning the cross, okay. Listen, um, everybody say this. Say, without the cross, we would be lost. How many in here have ever done anything wrong? If we could take it back, we would. How many of you have ever said something you wish? Probably shouldn't have said that. Kind of was feeling it. How many of you have felt something, said it, and then went, well, maybe I should have not? Because it's hard to get stuff back. And if we've done something wrong, sometimes it's hard to forget. And the enemy makes sin very appealing. Let's just be honest. There, you know, he makes sin fun. He doesn't tell you the price tag of sin. He, he'll, he'll tempt you with things and just say, yeah, but he won't tell you what it costs you. If you do it, thank God for forgiveness. The enemy takes a good thing, distorts it, 
sometimes it gets very hard just doing what we need to do. Now, in life, you have all kinds of different friends. You ever have a friend that, because you've taken time to know them, that they're just, they're, maybe they're a little more socially awkward, so to speak. They get around somebody, and, and they just, you know, they make it seem awkward. There's all kinds of different people. God makes everybody different. Isn't that cool? Because we don't all look alike. But you want to say as people are like, I don't know, I don't know. If you knew them like I knew them, you'd, you'd be okay because they're, they're a great person. They have a great heart. Aren't you glad God looks at us like that? He looks at our heart. So many times we didn't handle something right or we didn't do something right. We didn't say something right. And, and our motivation wasn't wrong, but we just presented it wrong. We maybe acted in the heat of the moment. And is there forgiveness? Sure. Is there grace? Yes. Will the others apply it? Hopefully. You might be here today and because your heart is heavy. You wish things would be different. Hopefully I can help you. Paul said, the thing that I want to do, I don't do. The thing that I don't want to do, I do. Romans seven nineteen. I want to do what's good, but I don't. I don't want to do what's wrong, but I do it anyway. I mean, I've done all kinds of things, and, you know, we've raised four wonderful kids, and I remember telling Zach, you cannot have any of these cookies. You cannot have any of these cookies right now. Do you understand? Yes, Dad, I, I understand. And so I walked out of the kitchen to come back into the kitchen to find his arm up to his elbow in the cookie jar. <laughs> Zachary, what are you doing? Getting you a cookie. We've all done stuff like that. We've got our, our, our hands caught in the cookie jar. We've, we've done something. God, if I could take it back, if I could do it different. Our mind says one thing. Our actions say another. How many are going to have a big lunch today? How many are going to have ham? Turkey? Both? Look, I don't know if I'm having both or not, but I'd like to say I am. I know, you glutton. <laughs> But have you ever done stuff? Isn't it amazing that when we do, when we're in a physical state, when you're done eating and you get kind of in that turkey coma and you say to yourself, I'm starting my new fitness program tomorrow. I'm going to be fit and in shape. Matter of fact, I might not eat for three days just to kick it off. And you know in about five hours you're going to be like, you know... I don't want to be drastic. I might eat because there are those things called leftovers. And certainly God understands that that ham needs Swiss cheese and pickles and rye bread and whatever else. We make decisions that are temporary based on our physical strength at the time. When you're full, of course, it's easy to go, I'm going on a diet because you're full. And that's kind of sometimes how we live our life. The Bible says it's not by might though, but by power and by his spirit. And greater is he that's in me. So in other words, I'm not run. If I'm being honest, I don't want to be run by my feelings or by my self, by my, my flesh. Have you ever wanted something and just said, not having it today? I mean, even if we're talking about food, Maddie just had a birthday. I didn't eat certain things because I knew we were going out for her birthday lunch. And I wanted to go, yes, God, when I got to wherever we were going for her birthday lunch. So I get it. So, you know, we, we have to understand. We have to separate our doing from his done. We engage our mind 
in God's mindset. That's what we need is God's perspective. We think in our, our things just happens right here in our world. But God looks at things different. And if we could look at things the way he looks at them, we would see success, but we see just what we see. We gotta be in agreement with him. When Jesus said it's finished, he didn't say I'm finished. He said it's finished. In other words, anything that we needed pertaining to life and godliness, he's already finished it. He's already done it. My kids come to my house. They don't have to go, Dad, can I come to the refrigerator? Can I open the refrigerator? Can I get whatever's inside? They can get whatever they want. Matter of fact, that never stopped them before. <laughs> I have stuff in there that was marked, Dad's, don't eat. My son is here today. He was the cool bass player. They would eat my food. I'm sorry, Dad. I didn't know it was yours. Oh, I'm sorry. The dad's do not eat sign in the little package didn't. I didn't read it. I was hungry. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I'm believing that whatever you're dealing with, it's finished. That God, we know he's already paid the price. So our first thought for this Easter morning is we have to start on the ground floor. Start where you are. Start on the ground floor. <laughs> My folks are, are here today, and when we were raising our kids when they were little, my, my mom and dad had a, a, uh, a camper and a motor coach and all that kind of, and they traveled all around the United States. They'd go to different places and help churches build buildings and wherever they felt the Lord would tend, they would just, that was their house, was behind their truck and their backyard just changed, but their house stayed the same on the inside. They'd come to church where I was pastoring and they would hook up to the church and stay there for a week or so, you know, and they were able to just stay in their own. I, you know, never had to pay for a hotel. They, they traveled with one. It's pretty cool. And so we went to Myrtle Beach, and we would, they parked their camper right next to all these other campers you know, on the beach. You could hear the ocean. You could hear the waves. And the kids would be like, oh, this is so cool. What kid doesn't like the beach? And so Kim and I said, you know, we want to do that. You know, we have, let me, let me just say now, and maybe, maybe you can appreciate this. When I was a kid growing up, I, um, if I wanted anything, I had to do what we call today that seems to be foreign uh, to our, some of our students, and hopefully they're catching on, is a four-letter word called work. It's okay to come to Father's house and be blessed. I get it. They can come to my house. I'll bless them. But there are parts where they're like, you want this? You need to save for it. You need to work for it. In the winter, I shoveled walks and driveways. In the summer, I mowed yards. In the fall, I raked leaves. I had a paper route. I did what I needed to do to, to get some things. And, and so... You know, not really processing all of that. Kim and I said, we, we want a camper. And so we went to the camping store. We went to one of those things where they're all camp. They just have tons of them. It was awesome. And people are so nice to you because they want you to buy their camper. And we were thinking, oh, I could see myself in that. And it's okay to dream. I, I, please don't get me wrong. It's okay to dream. And so we finally decided, okay. We found out we couldn't afford anything but a tent. And we finally, we said, well, we'll stretch. We'll just, we'll stretch and we'll get this hard camper thing. And the guy goes, okay, that's going to be great. And we're, we're thinking, oh, man, I don't know how we're going. But we'll, we're going to figure it out. You ever done stuff and you bought it and then later said, I'm going to figure it out? Yeah, God helped me figure it out. <laughs> so we're going to do that. And the guy said, okay, um, what kind of truck do you have to tow this? Truck? What do you mean truck? Well, we had a T6000 it was a car made by Pontiac back when, in the day when Fred Flintstone, you could put your feet on the ground. 
I mean, that car would be like, you want to pass somebody, you better have a few miles to do it. And I'm like, we, we don't have a truck. He goes, that car will not pull this. You're going to need a truck. So then we're like, now we got to buy a truck to pull the camper. And trucks take more gas. And we started realizing, because what we have, if we're not careful, is we think entitlement. We should just have everything we want when we want it. It's okay if we put our hand to it. It's okay if you work up to it. Some of you all have worked very hard to get where you're at. And it didn't just happen overnight. Some people, oh, you're successful. It just happened overnight. Longest night of my life. So it's, we, we're going to have to understand, start where you are. Lord, start on the ground floor. Help me to figure this out. What am I believing for? What am I wanting to change in my life? What are you not happy with? What is, what is making you sad? What makes you get up in the morning? I mean, I don't want to just get up just because it's time to go make the donuts. I don't want to get up just to do the, oh, time to go to work. I want to have purpose in my life. As long as the earth remains, seed time and harvest, sowing and reaping. That's what the Bible says. You know what the world system calls that? Karma. What goes around comes around. That's what they call it. But the Bible came up with it long before. Seed time and harvest, sowing and reaping. What is it that says, you know what, I want something to change? If we plant a seed, we want something to happen right away. You know, we'll come to church. I'm going to believe God's going to help me get out of debt. I'm going to believe God's going to help me get out of debt. You're kind of like the cowardly lion. I do, I do, I do, I do. I do believe it. I mean, you know, and in five minutes you get home. Hey, I got another bill. Guess it doesn't work. Really? You, you got to understand when you sow... It's going to take some time for that to get up through the ground. Even if you plant flowers, you planted them, you know you put them in good soil, you know they're going to grow, but it's going to take time for them to break through the soil. you got to see it before it breaks through. Are you with me? You're going to have to see and believe. It, you know, you'll believe it when you see it, but really believing is seeing. I know I planted it. I know it's on its way. Things are working for your good. The Bible says it rains on the just and the unjust. I don't care who you are. You're going to have some, some fun, some challenges. Life is going to have some of that. you got to find out what's the root, what conditions, if you plant it in good soil, what is your motivation? What is it? I mean, are you tired of some of the same old, same old? Are you tired of the crap? Then how do you stop the crap? If you keep stepping in crap, why just drag it through the house? Why stop? Because it smells bad. And it leaves stains. I have no idea why I said that. <laughs> totally off my notes. Not in there. There you go. Those of you that are watching online, I'm sure you're really happy about that one. <laughs> Jeremiah 29, 11 says this. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not, not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. I want plans. I want my kids to have things better than I did. I want them to have life and have it more abundantly because Jesus died for that. I want to have fun. You know, sometimes we just don't have fun because we don't think we're allowed to laugh or to have fun. God's doing something underneath the surface. And if you continue to water the seed, you will get your answer. Here's our second thought. Destination is important. So it kind of matters where you're heading, and it matters kind of who's with you, who you hang with. My sister and I, she's here right now. When we grew up, we'd go on vacation, 
my family, you know, or my mom and my dad, and they would pack my sister and me in the back of a Falcon or Fairlane, and my grandmother would be right in between us. My grandmother would be right in between us. And my grandmother would be right in between. So we'd be in there like sardines. And my dad was of the mindset, let's travel as long as we can and see how long you can hold it. Not my grandmother, the bathroom. And then, you know, and, and then I would just, I wanted to go to sleep because I figured if I went to sleep, I, I could endure the trip. It'd be, I'd wake up and we'd almost be there, which would make my sister mad. Because she couldn't go to sleep because grandma was right in between us. But I just put grandma out of my... And then, that was back in the day where we didn't have cup holders. You had whatever you had. And we didn't get popped very much. We grew up on Kool-Aid. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, and if you had your pop, you had to hold it. And you better not drop it. So I would hold my pop. I'd go to sleep. And in the meantime, my mom... Before the day of wipes, you know what your mom used before you, you, the wipes were invented? That was a mother's wipe. That's nasty. We got older, we're like, you cannot do that. I got my Eagle Scout Award. My mom wanted to come down. She wanted to grab my hand and then skip up to me to get my award. I'm like, Mom, Eagle Scouts don't skip. But my mom loved me, and she was just so proud of me. Back to the story. <laughs> she would get a wet washcloth, and she would wrap it in cellophane and stick it in the purse. How many mothers ever did that? Because you, you didn't buy wipes. They didn't have them. So she would hand that back, and, of course, you'd use it. Grandma would use it. Your sister might use it. But I'd wake up, and I'd go to drink my pop. And I took a drink of my, and it was usually root beer. And there would be floaters in my root beer. Because mom had been giving everybody snacks while I was asleep. And grandma had drunk my pop. And my sister would sit beside me with an evil laugh. <laughs> More about that later. If you're a hunter and you want to get deer, you're going to have to go to the woods. If, you, if you're a fisherman and you want to fish, you're going to have to go to where the fish are unless you go to the store and the guy throws it to you and you can tell your wife you caught it. But you're going to have to go where that's at. So you need to understand destination is important. Church gets a bad name because there's been people that have just been like, you know, doom and gloom or judgment and criticism and, and you know, they weren't right either. Heaven forbid if we pointed a finger at them. And so church has been, but you need to kind of go to church. I mean, that's, that is the foundation that God has. If you want to, I want to I hang out with Christians. Well, you should go to church because that's where they usually are. They should be everywhere else as well. But people are like, I'm not going to church. If I go to church, that would be hypocritical. Okay, that's like, I'm not going to go to the gym because it's full of fat people. That's why you go to the gym, to get in shape. You go to church, not because you're perfect, but you go to church so that you can figure some things out. And you can leave and go, you know what, I can apply that. Part of my heart is, if I can help you, I'd go to church and I'd love 
people, it was a wonderful service. And it was. It was a great service. But I didn't understand whatever the preacher was saying, how I could make it work for me on Monday. And so I would leave like, I love church, but I don't get it. So part of Live Life on Purpose, if I can help you find out, like, I could do these two, three, three things. I could, I could figure that out. And it would change something in your life for the better. It'll be worth it. The enemy is going to tell you, you can go to church, just wait till you clean up first. You'll never get to church if you wait. If I was waiting for that, I couldn't be up here talking to you. The enemy, that's a lie. You don't clean up, then come to church. You come to God, and then he cleans you up. That's how that works. You just come to God. You still got mess? Yeah. I mean, I've, I've led people to the Lord. If you, if you cuss, I said this last week, if you cuss like a sailor and you get saved... He's just going to be a saved person that probably has to figure out how to quit cussing. <laughs> you guys are looking at me like, huh? It's true. Na- nationwide pastor told me he was in, he was in a service, and this is, what he, this is what happened. And a guy got, he came up to the altar, gave his heart to Jesus. Miraculous, you know, he had been away from the Lord for so long, gave his heart to the Lord. And he had a, an illness that, you know, was life-threatening. And he came up and told them, and he said, what do I do? And they said, you know, you have to curse that cancer. You just have to curse that. He grabbed the mic, and he said, you blankety blank blank cancer, and went on and on. And they're like, get the mic, get the mic. You got to understand, he don't know no different. You said curse. Oh, I can do that. We had a girl used to dance. I mean, that's what she did. And she came to the Lord, and God took her out of a, a, a situation. She got saved. She's so happy. She starts dancing. People are like, oh, shut up. She, that's all she knew. She just is finding out that God is so good. You can't do anything without Jesus. But you can let him work on you and how he can help you with what you need. Everybody here is sinned and we don't understand righteousness sometimes and that's just kind of a big word and again if i break it down it's just god's right way of doing things that's what righteousness means so if god shows you something he'll show you the right way to do it the bible says you know resist the devil and he'll flee it does say that and sometimes people go well i tried that and it didn't work the the verse right before that says submit to god resist the devil and he'll flee let me put it in layman's term pop the bully in the nose and the rest go away that's what it means. You ever done that? I've been in a lot of fights growing up. Pop the bully. The other guys seem to be like, okay, we're cool. The enemy wants you to think you're not up to snuff. You'll never make it. To coin a phrase from a song, he'll, and you can help me out here, he'll sing this song to you. You're no good, you're no good, you're no good. You see, he would tell me stuff like that, and then I started telling myself, you know what? I'm going to have the best day ever today. I just watched Evan Almighty with Maddie the other day, and, you know, he's in there going, I'm happy, I'm heavy, I'm blah, 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 I'm good looking, I'm blah, blah, you know. He's just talking to himself. He's just, you need to sometimes just say what God thinks about you. Get his perspective. The rest of my life will be the best of my life. I have a little stone that says that for Kim and I. 
grow old with me, and the rest of our lives will be the best of our lives. You see, because it's not based on what I've done, because heaven knows I can't, but it's based on what he did on the cross. If I can just follow him, man, I can't lose if I can do what he has for me, if I can do what he wants me to do. It isn't chance. It isn't knock on wood. It's a promise. Sometimes people just remind you of your mistakes. I was growing up, I was, the culture was just different, you know. We took sack lunches to, to school. We didn't have all the stuff to keep our stuff, like, you know, you can take an igloo cooler now, and you got those little blue plastic things to keep everything nice and fresh. Back in my day, we didn't have that. Your lunch sat on the shelf, how many know, and it just, it just sat there until it was lunchtime. But because of what happened and how we were raised, my parents did a great job. They did the best they could. And you're like, well, okay, great is a stretch in it, Brett. But they did. But I'm just saying, you know, there's people, there's friends of mine I was eating with. They always had really good stuff. My baloney didn't have a first name. I was raised on PB&J. Can I get an amen for PB&J? That's what I had. And then, you know, my mom would pack me some weird stuff. She packed me before a mustard sandwich. I was looking for the baloney. My baloney didn't only have a first name. It was lost. <laughs> I remember Bobby Fields, if you're still alive and you're watching this, Bobby, Bobby's like, where's the meat? <laughs> she packed me mustard and crackers one time. I don't know why. She gave me bratwurst, or not bratwurst, Braunschweiger. That's like poo. They serve that in hell. It smells. You pull that out of your lunch box and you take your out of your bag. It's already got grease spots from whatever that is. And you take the cellophane off and that aroma comes up and guys are like, dude. I, I don't I, I I don't know. So you know, hostess, we didn't have any of that all the time. That was very rare. Uh, we didn't have Cheerios, maybe just had O's. You know, whatever the generic brand of whatever it was, Pop-Tarts, no, they weren't Pop-Tarts. They were Poop-Tarts. They were just, they were just like, and if you compared them, my even kids had said, which one do you want to eat? I'm like, I'll take them both. You don't eat any. How's that? We had, how about this pop? And I was told in first service they still make it. Fago. And it was like 15 cents or something for whatever kind of syrup. they Chocolate Sunday, And they put fizz water in it or whatever. We, you know, tried all. Some of those were like, I don't even know what flavor that was, how they figured it out. But we got whatever that was. So, yeah, and like I said, Kool-Aid. I, we had plain pocket jeans. Remember those from Penny's? Didn't have Levi's. Wanted Levi's. We had, sometimes I got a Wrangler, but I wanted brand name stuff and I didn't always get it. And it, what it did is it put a mindset in my mind. It allowed me to form a picture of not that that stuff was bad, that I just wasn't, I guess, good enough to get that stuff. Or I wasn't a good enough person to have that kind of stuff. And so I formed that image in my mind. And, and so I couldn't see myself just enjoying some of the things that some of the other kids just got all the time. Now, again, my parents did a great job, so I'm not against my parents. You know, they did what they could. But it started 
by that image of my own stinking thinking. It was my mindset. I'm just here to tell you the enemy is a liar. And God has better things in store for you. He has no respect of persons. If he did it for them, he'll do it for you. It is up to our belief system. Bottom line is every one of us have fallen short. Not anybody is perfect. And so we need to understand, if I wanted everything in my life to be perfect, I couldn't be up here, like I said before. I just, you know, I, I'm a masterpiece on my way to being a masterpiece. He's working with me every day. It's what Jesus did for us on the cross. He's coming out of the root of Jesse. Look at Romans 8, 1 and 2. Now there's no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. And because you belong to him, the power of life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. The root of Jesse is because David was Jesse's son. So Jesus came out of that lineage. And so we'll talk about that in just a second. Isaiah 11.10 says, In that day the heir of David's throne was a banner of salvation to all the world. The nations will rally to him, and the land where he lives was a glorious place. So David had a heart after God. Now again, understanding Jesus' lineage, where, where he came from, God loved David. But David didn't do everything right. So which part did God love? Did he love the adulterer part or the murderer part? Some of us today are like, I could never, I can't, you know, I don't even know why. I have people, have you ever had anybody say this? this I invite a lot of people to church. Not because I'm the preacher. If I wasn't the preacher, I'd still invite them to church. But here's what they say. If I go into church, the roof will fall down. Don't give yourself that much credit. I mean, come on. I mean, we're talking, I mean, look, you read some of the Bible stuff, it's just like, God's bigger than that. God said, still said he's a man after his own heart. God can look past your past, folks. He's got a greater future, so help me out. He can make our crooked way straight. What the enemy meant for bad, God will make for good. He'll turn your mess into a message, your test into a testimony. God loves you. If you don't break down, if you can hang on, you will break through. That seed needs to be watered. So how does that happen? You go to church. The heartbeat of God is in the local church. The Bible says the gates of hell cannot prevail against it. You can say what you want, and because somebody is misrepresented it or whatever, you're going to have to get past that. That's still the heartbeat of God. Church. We want you to live life on purpose. We want you to find what you're passionate about. What gifts you have that... You know, you can do things I can't do. The Bible says the truth shall set you free. So if we begin to change how we think, it'll change us on the outside because our inside is changing. Old things will pass away. All things will become new. Maybe there's some things here that you don't like about yourself. Some very things that you're like, I hate that about me. Give it to God. He'll help you change. It's happening. Sometimes we don't even know that it's happening. Sometimes the rough edges are getting rubbed off and you don't really know it. How many want to get better at what you're not good at? I want to get better at some stuff I'm not good at. <clears throat> you know, I have different issues that I, I got to deal with as far as, you know, Sometimes I feel like I have something important to say, and it's more important than anybody else got to say, and I need to just shut up. Because really, it isn't any more important. But in my mindset, I'm like, oh, I got to get this out. I got to say this. 
I probably should have just kept my mouth shut. But we need to make a decision. Everybody say make a decision. We're going to have to renew our mind. Now, I want to share something with you. There's things that happen in life that put you in different mindsets. I had a girl friend that I was serious about before Kim. This is BK before Kim. Okay? And, and she's a good person. I don't mean that she's a bad person, so that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is it just wasn't meant. Do you know what I mean? It just wasn't right. And so inside, I was struggling with, I knew this relationship, you know, she deserved somebody that would care for her, and I deserve somebody that would care for me, because it wasn't supposed to be us for each other. Does that make sense? So inside, I was miserable. But sometimes you just got to make up your mind and make decisions. So I finally, I said, you know what? I'm done. I got up, and this is a true story, looked in the mirror and said, I don't like me anymore. I, I'm not happy with me. I am miserable. I don't like me. And I knew what I had to do, and so that's what I did. I said, we're done, you know, and I did it in a nice way, and, and it went. But so when I get back to myself, and I'm just by myself, I was a perfect target. I was down. I was depressed. I was lonely. You turn on the radio, and you hear songs like this. I'm all out of love. I'm so lost without you. I know you were right. And you go, okay, I'm done with that. Swip the station. Baby, come back. <laughs> you can blame it all on me. I was wrong. Ugh. You know, I'm thinking, man, the enemy came to Jesus three times. I'm not Jesus, but I got to find another station. Turn the station again. All by myself. <laughs> Don't want to live. Some of you are just glad, please don't do that again. <laughs> Brings us to our third point, our third thought. You're going to have to make a decision. I had to make a decision because this is what happens. We want this, but we don't want to get rid of that. And you can't have this if you won't let go of that. You can't have both. Well, I'm going to hang on to this. I'm going to toy with this and get this. It don't work that way. You will make yourself more miserable than you are right now. Make a decision. Joshua 24, 15. You refuse to serve the Lord. Choose today then who you'll serve. Prefer the gods of your ancestors. Serve beyond the Euphrates. Or will you be the gods of the Amorites in whose land you now live? But as for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. So I made a decision. Do not let your past dictate your future. I couldn't get to where, I don't know where God was taking me, but it wasn't in the direction I was going. But let me just say this. He gave me somebody way, 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 yes, way, than what I left behind. The enemy has been screaming at people to get divorced. He's telling you, you'll never make it, blah, 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 blah. The statistics say this. 50% of marriages in church or out of church end in divorce. You know what the, <laughs> the cause of divorce is? Marriage. You're going to have to work it out. We live in a society that's just like, nope. You know, here's one thing. I didn't put this in the first service, but I'm just going to tell you all. You ready? This is what I do with what we did with our kids. We didn't let our kids go steady when they were young. I'm going to go with you. Oh, 
I'm going to go with you now. I'm going to go with you. I'm breaking up with you. I'm going with you. We were teaching our kids to divorce. No, just enjoy being a kid. Hang out as a group. That's a whole other message. I'm just saying when you get older, you know, you get up there and you're, you know. Now, I'm not talking when you're 30. <laughs> but I mean, at least getting your, your upper high school years or something or your early college years. And then, sure. Then, then understand what God is doing. But when you're like 10, 11, shut up. Girls still have cooties, man. I'm just saying. That was free. <laughs> now, I'm not in agreement with divorce. I, I, you, you just, we, just, we need to work things out. When, when two people are close, you're going to have arguments. Now, I got somebody way, way better. We still have arguments. We've had some doozies. I mean, it's just because when you live in life, you know, when you first get married, you live on love, don't you? Everything's good. She's so cute how she squeezes that toothpaste right from the middle. That's cute. You give that about a year and you'll be like, girl, you go from the bottom up. Quit doing that. She just told me the other day, honey, I love you. Could you close the doors all the way? Because I was leaving doors just open just a little bit. Just enough to pet a cat backwards. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Wasn't bothering me, but man, it was just like somebody going. <laughs> well, anyway, make a decision. Get a hobby. Do something. Stay busy. God, what do you want me to do? But then he brought home this. He just said, here she is. And this package way, way better came in a four foot 11 five foot powerhouse <laughs> beauty with class old lady i met kim and then it's like whoo everything changed then i heard songs like this are you ready <laughs> some of you're like oh dear lord he's from the 80s <laughs> you're the best thing that ever happened to me or hey did you happen to see the most beautiful girl in the world? I'm done. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but 34 years later, she's still by my side. She's still there. And she takes me in my good times and my bad times. She can look at me and, and go, mm -hmm. how many knows if your husband in here, don't raise your hand. Your wife knows what you're thinking. <laughs> look at all the men. I ain't going to put my hand in my pocket. <laughs> So I, I get it because, you, you know, you, you've shared life together. But listen to me. We have to let God get inside. You know what she wants? She wants a man that goes after God. That's what she wants. She wants somebody that says, you know what? I'm going to follow God. I'm going to blaze a trail that my kids and my grandkids can see. I want them to see no matter how bad the world gets, no matter who's on the president and all of the arguing that's going on, whatever. I'm telling you, God's bigger than that. It's not based on the performance of us being good. His grace is sufficient. It's based on what he did on the cross. It's not based on knock on wood. It's based on Jesus went to the cross. If God be for you, who can be against you? You got to water the seed. You got to water it. I'm seriously, I'm glad you're here today. This is like the first time in a long time you've been to church. You know, some of you are like, I'm going to come at Christmas. I'll come at Easter. I'll come at Christmas. That's cool. I mean, I'd love to see you come more, but I'm just glad you're here. But your life will never be the potential that you want and dream for it. 
if we don't let God do it. And for us to quit pointing a finger and judging people and the people that are pointing a finger at the people in the church are doing it just as bad. They're pointing it back. I'm just about finished. The father with two sons. Remember the one? The one went off, took all his money, and did all this crazy stuff with it. The other one said, hey, I've been here all along. Why didn't you celebrate with me? I've been here this whole time. Sometimes that's like us. We've had stuff right here, and we don't even understand it. We don't even realize the goodness that God has put right in front of you. Brett, you don't know what I've done. No matter what you've done, no matter how deep you feel like your sin has been, no matter what stuff you're still trapped in, God is looking for you. The father was looking for the son. And you, just, you might be saying, you know what? God's mad at me. No, he's not. He's mad about you. That's what he is. I love my kids with all my heart. I love their wives just as if they were my own or their husbands. I'm speaking in faith because Maddie doesn't have one yet. I love their extended families or their families. To me, they're my families now. I have some of them here today. I would do anything for them if I could. That's how God looks at you. Past what we could even fathom. He's not mad at you. He's mad about you. You have to be who you're supposed to be within the realms of this book. We can't make up our own things. But you have a unique thumbprint. You're who you are supposed to be to make an imprint on this world. There are people here that do things far better than I do them. From parking lot to nursery to taking care of kids. They're just amazing. The lady and her help that that puts the cookies and the coffee out. She's amazing. I don't even think about it because she takes care of it. I come home from working and Kim works with me. She still somehow manages to to keep the house. It just it's crazy amazing. She'll be like, I gotta clean the house. I'm like, girl, you could eat off the floor. How many of you've been to my I mean, she's just like nuts with I mean she's awesome. Not nuts in a bad way. <laughs> nuts in a good way. <laughs> I mean she, she's just very ordered. She's very I mean she's 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 just amazing. My point is this. You're going to give yourself a hard time, and the enemy will talk you out of doing what you need to do. I love the fact that I'm going to put these over here because I'm going to need these in a second. That Peter, Jesus tells Peter, you're going you're to deny me. But when you come back, he doesn't say if, he says when. And in Mark, the angel tells all the disciples, go tell everybody and tell Peter. That's pretty cool. Because of all of those guys, Peter would be the one that would be like, I can't go back. I, I, I did so many, I said so many bad things. I denied him so publicly. But Jesus said, I got you covered. 
Now the youth are going to get ready right now as we begin. They're going to come out here in just a second. I want to explain this video just a little bit to you, okay? Roy, you're welcome to come and get that. <laughs> this video really is a lot about all of us. You're going to see God in the beginning. The Bible says he created man in his own image. You were made in the image of God. So he's proud of that. You'll see this young lady as she, she's created and Jesus is doing what Jesus does. He's showing, look at all these. I can't wait to show you this. Check this out. And he shows her all this stuff. I want you to notice a transformation. There's a lot of things that happen in your life and in my life that want to pull us from the Father. And so the things happen to her that same way. She finally makes up her mind, i got to get back to Jesus. And when she makes up her decision, the sin, the dark that was on her, is torn off. I want you to witness that and understand what's going on. And what we're going to do after that, and then I'm just going to do a, a, a quick altar call, and we're going to dismiss you. But I want you to understand something. You're not here by chance. You're not here by accident. Right now, seeds are being sown that are good seeds. I want your life to be the best. I want you to leave here like, I don't know what it is that's different, but something's different. So if the students would come out. They're going to get ready. There's a part where you're going to see students that are coming down at the front. You'll kind of know where it is, and they're, they're going to start going nuts. If you want to stand and go nuts, uh, I don't know why I keep using nuts as a phrase, but if you, <laughs> if you want to just get excited, you're free to do that. I just want you to know these kids have worked really hard to bring this message to you. These are students from 180 here at True Life. Let's check this out. 